MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, April 2nd, 2020. Today, an update on the Democratic primary calendar as Sanders assesses his campaign. Economists warned a pandemic could devastate America in 2019. The Defense Production Act has been used hundreds of thousands of times by the Trump administration, but not with coronavirus. Trump could defund the USPS, making it hard for us to vote by mail. A second pastor has been charged with crimes for holding services. Trump refuses open enrollment for the Affordable Care Act during the pandemic. Health and Human Services is holding up deliveries of ventilators. A Kushner firm built the coronavirus website Trump promised. Florida finally issues a stay-at-home order, and the Roosevelt is evacuated in Guam. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today is Jordan Coburn. Hello. How are you? Uh, I am. I'm doing okay. I'm doing I'm doing better today. I talked to all of my immediately fam- immediate family members on the phone for for at least like an hour. Um, so that was that was really nice. How are you? Well, that's good. Yeah. How are they? How's your family? They're good. Um, I mean, they're okay. <laughs> they're doing okay considering. I got some sad news about my childhood dog, Dupree. She's dying, and my mom is alone with her on the other side of the country. So that's just a sad side story and all of this but other than that her spirits my mom's are good and my dad and my sister are are doing well too just kind of letting the reality sink in you know um they're starting to notice that grocery stores are like less frequented up in la jolla which is good for a while i don't know if the rich white people thought they could do whatever they wanted or something but i guess now they're paying attention more so that's good news and um but yeah, they're doing okay. My sister's sad about my dog, and that's sad. But yeah, we've we've noticed down here too in in Mission Hills and North Park that the grocery stores are now having toilet paper and things like that. And I think people oh, are good. you know they're either making sure making sure people only take like one or two packages or whatever, but. Uh, or either that or people are, you know, stop, have stopped losing their minds and realize that the stores are still open mm-hmm. uh, and and our he- our heroes are still working them. They are essential. Um, we're getting a lot of positive feedback and support for your segment yesterday. I wanted to tell you how much I loved it. Thanks. I appreciate that. I, yep. I appreciate the positive feedback, too. Felt a little Glenn Beckian for a second there, getting teared up. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, you have an actual soul. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. And um, my script wasn't like welling up tears here. One rolls <laughs> down here. This is great. <laughs> um, and I'm excited for the Pajama Jammy Jam this Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific. If you're a patron, come and have uh, cocktails live with us. Uh, uh, and we'll email you that link. Yeah. Uh, probably right around midday midday pacific time on friday we'll send the link out and then we'll get we'll get it going at four yeah that was so fucking fun i'm so excited it reminded me of our meet and greets on the road you know Mm-hmm. and it's um it's really a narcissist dream too you know just the three of us talking to each other only stage time and then we just get to watch other people watch us and comment on it <laughs> Yeah, nobody can heckle you. <laughs> no hecklers. It's uh, so funny. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's just really awesome. It's just awesome seeing it is. seeing everybody like engaged and like laughing at stupid shit we do and stuff and saying funny stuff in the feed. It's it's incredibly enjoyable and that made me so happy. So I'm really happy we're doing it again so soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, this show, today's show goes out to your mom's dog and uh, also to Adam Schlesinger. He's the singer-songwriter behind Fountains of Wayne um, and a very important musician to me in my life. And he has passed away uh, due to complications from COVID-19. So rest in peace, sir. This one's for you. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how. Is it a good idea to dedicate a show full of bad news to somebody? That's true. That feels bad. I mean, in one vein, we're doing the best we can. So there's something in that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I'll miss you, Adam. Uh, all right. With that, uh, let's talk about the news. Let's hit the hot notes. Looking for some 
hot notes. All right, so we have a bunch of news today, as you could tell by the intro. This is probably one of the most news-packed days we've had in a while, and that's saying a lot because they've been really packed. Um, Jordan, you have uh, a few updates you want to give us, so why don't you take it away? Yes, uh, so just starting off, getting our numbers segment out of the way for COVID-19. World cases now are at 932,605. Total world deaths are sitting at 46,809. Moving on to U.S. numbers, our case toll is up to 213,372, and our numbers of uh, deceased are up to around 4,300. So those are continuing to go up, obviously, as expected. And um, there's still there's some good news around the world. Italy is experiencing a slower, uh, lesser rate of increase in illnesses right now. So even though, again, the number of deaths are going up, the frequency that that number is going up is changing and getting better. So that's that's really good. Yeah, and watch that. Watch the watch the rate at which the deaths double in in the United States. That's the number to go by uh, when you talk about flattening the curve. Right now, they're doubling about every three days um, in the U.S. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we want that to get uh, higher. Obviously, it, it, like we want not the death rate, but we exactly. want the number of death rate to days. double every four days, and then six days, and then yes. eight days. Uh, and that's how it's been going in New in New York, which which shows that they're. They're about to reach their apex, I think, in six days, the apex of their curve. And um, that that shows that you're getting close to the top um, when when your death rate doubles over longer periods of time. So mm-hmm. keep that's kind of what I'm gauging everything by. But it is going to be really, really bad here in the next couple of weeks. We're going to be experiencing like a 9-11 on a daily basis um, for a while. So, yeah. Yeah, it's really, really crazy. I feel like California kind of got a leg up sort of that New York did not in terms of social distancing sooner and to a degree that would be, you know, kind of more impactful. I know we're seeing news articles coming out from local papers saying that our rates of influenza and other measurable illnesses that are similar in nature have gone down, which is seemingly providing evidence that the social distancing is working. So hopefully that translates to COVID-19 and that means... So, you know, some good news for California or at least San Diego in terms of flattening the curve. Yeah. And from the data that um, we were looking at with the, you know, the curves that they were showing that Dr. Burks was showing um, that were presented to Trump over the weekend, uh, it looks like we'll end up in California if we keep social social distancing going and stay on lockdown that you know by august um we'll only see and i hate to say we'll only see but mm-hmm. we will have about somewhere between five and six thousand deaths in california yeah which is still high obviously yeah yeah one one death is too many but mm-hmm. um but that it could have it could have been so much worse, Way worse yeah uh, and i think we're gonna we're gonna see what it would what, what it could have been like if if like keep your eye on florida that's what could have happened here yeah speaking of florida uh they actually just desantis their governor finally finally issued a 30-day stay-at-home order after dicking around for a very long time and after spring break was just in full force there which was a horrifying image to see i think we've talked about that you all have seen that just insanely dense crowds packed onto those beaches and that's the fact that Florida is finally getting on board. I mean, it's like we're not yelling at them to get on board for, you know, just our own sake here. It's like out of concern for the lives of the people that live there, especially considering the density of people that are in that ask at risk population. The fact that it took them this long to do it is like very sad, but I'm, I'm glad that that has finally been issued there. And it looks like Georgia's going to start following suit here soon as well. They're another state that really wasn't taking it super seriously. Uh, or at least not the governor. Uh, he finally just closed K-12 schools. And then um, he's also expected to follow suit with stay-at-home orders, too. So that's good news, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything that anything that institutes that staying-at-home quarantine procedures is, is good. Uh, we also learned that the Health and Human Services, our, our Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, They're apparently holding up the delivery of 2,000 ventilators right now. Um, This is according to the Pentagon. HHS said that it was basically so they could have more time to decide where the units would go. And that's according to 
what someone from the Pentagon had told reporters. They said also that 5 million respirator masks that the Defense Department offered to HHS as PPE uh, for, you know, healthcare workers and and other people. Of those 5 million masks, about 1.5 million have been sent, which I guess means uh, it sounds like pretty much they're not deploying them until HHS asks for them, and they're not asking for them until they're positive where they're going to send them. Another 500,000 are supposed to be shipped this week, though. And then the rest, like I said, will be delivered when HHS asks for them. Yeah, I was watching that Gavin Newsom uh, interview on CNN earlier, and he's talking about how the shit that he's getting from the the government is just, it's lame and fucked and inadequate. He got one point something million masks is the total number of masks sent out by the federal government. He, Gavin Newsom, has been able to obtain like 24 million on his own. Um, and he's distributed those. The government sent him those broken um, or outdated ventilators that had to be refurbished. And he's only gotten because it was funny because Jake Tapper was like, well, haven't you gotten like 4,200 ventilators from the federal government? He's like, no, I got 170 from the federal government. All of them were broken. We had to send them up to Silicon Valley to get refurbished. And I've deployed them. The other 4,200 ish I I obtained by myself. Um, and so the the states and the governors are really kind of on their own on this and and the federal government is just still dropping the ball and testing supplies too it's just it's bad that is really really bad and i'm again thankful that we have newsom as our governor because right now if we had a shitty governor that would suck and i really am sorry for the people that are in states whose governors are not doing a fantastic job right now because they're kind of like the next line of defense. I think you had a tweet or something that was like, governors are the next presidents or something. Yeah, governors are the new president. Yeah, the new presidents. Yeah, exactly. Maybe next presidents. Who knows? We'll see. I do feel like Cuomo's having a Giuliani moment right now that he could, in a good way, the only good parts totally. of Giuliani that exist in the minds of Americans. Totally. Because if, if you look into the details, Giuliani actually pretty botched up, yeah. 9-11 response pretty badly. Yeah, that's true. So don't look too far into the direct uh, analogy. More so, just in in the in the sense of people having a sort of national reverence for this man as a figure who's being a leader in a time that is really messed up. And and there's a lot of people that think he's doing a great job. And I think in Cuomo's case, he actually is doing a great job. The okay. So I'll move on to final final headline here. This is just an update, basically, on that claim that Trump made during one of his press conferences that they were going to have a website, that they were working with Google on a website that was going to make it so you know you could go on and then log in all your symptoms or whatever, and basically just a COVID nineteen resource site that would then direct you to testing sites in your area. Do you remember that when he was saying he was going to do that? Yeah, yeah. So so apparently uh, that wasn't true, right? We found that out that that was not something that was being built with Google. <laughs> but uh, instead, in the following days, a company called Oscar Health, which is a health insurance company that's really closely associated with Jared Kushner, they developed a government website with the features that Trump had described. So a team of Oscar engineers and project managers and executives, they spent about five days, I guess, building a website at the government's request. And this is according to a spokesperson of Oscar, and they were talking to The Atlantic, so this is reporting coming out of there. Uh, the company apparently even sent two employees from New York to meet in person with federal officials in D.C., and then the website just suddenly disappeared and was scrapped. Mm-hmm. And mm. my prediction, maybe for why that happened, I guess... I don't know. These are just total beans. I have no idea. It could be so many things. It could have been a shitty website and someone was like, don't do this. This is not helpful. Um, or I think maybe it could be related to the fact that Kushner had a lot of ties to that company. Like I said, he his younger brother is a co-founder and major investor in it. And Kushner partially owned and controlled the company before he joined the White House. So it potentially like you know, it screams that it could have violated federal ethics law, which is what several experts are saying. So I'm wondering if maybe when that was sort of starting to materialize, if anybody set him straight and was like, hey, this probably isn't a good idea for this company to be the one that does this website. Or maybe the website just sucked, like I said. No, I think you're right. I think it, there, were, there were, began to be a lot of public scrutiny. Mm-hmm. And if you, and this is all, these are also just beans, but if you think Kushner was legit setting up that website and it wasn't some sort of fucking money laundering operation or something, you're bananas. So, yeah. they, you know, they probably were like, uh oh, scrutiny, shut it down. Uh, you don't, yes. you don't shut down, you don't shut down legitimate operations 
uh, you know, uh, I mean, it could have just been, oh, this is going to this is a bad look because I'm Kushner uh, or, you know, my brother owns and I used to own a uh, bad look. But when when have you ever heard of the Kushners or the Trumps bailing out of something because of optics? Never. Right. Right. Yeah, that's in, if anything, something they lean into. <laughs> They're like, take my picture in the shit pile. <laughs> hey, let's uh, <laughs> let's call up fraud guarantee and see if we can guarantee some fraud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bad, bad choices. Bad, bad PR choices. If, if God, they're like whoever helps manage them is just the antithesis of what any PR person should do. It's incredible. So bad. Um, but yeah, those are those are just some of the some of the headlines I have got. So that's all. That's all for me on my updates. All right. Well, thank you. Do you want to stick around with me for the B block, or do you got you got a jam? I actually, amazingly, have something that I'm supposed to get done within the next hour, oh. which is uh, incredible. I've managed to stay busy and overcommitted, like I said, during these times. Um, well, I'm glad. I'm glad. Take a class on how to say no. There's plenty of free online classes <laughs> right now. Uh, but That's you're saying true. no to me. So you're saying no to me. So step one. You've done it, uh, and, and so uh, <laughs> no. Okay, well, I would have, I would have planned, I would have planned my day so that I, <laughs> I could know. have said yes to that question. <laughs> I know we scripted it for you to to bail out. Oh, now, perfect. So. <laughs> um, thank you for your updates, and uh, we will see you tomorrow for the beans, and then of course everybody Friday four p.m. Pacific time, pajama jammy jam, quarantine cocktail Q and A bonanza. I got to come up with a longer <laughs> name. I think <laughs> me too for SEO reasons. just put everything in there (laughs) all right jordan thanks very much thank you everybody stick around we'll be right back after this quick word after these messages we'll be right back hey everybody it's ag and today's episode of the daily beans is brought to you by third love the makers of my all-time favorite bras third love designs bras to fit you perfectly and not the other way around Many women fall in between cup sizes. I am one of those women, and it can be really tough to find the right fit, but not anymore. Third Love has over 80 bra sizes, including their signature half cup sizes, so you can find the right fit that is perfect for you. Uh, Just check out their Fit Finder quiz online. It's amazing. In just a couple minutes, you find the ideal bra. Uh, You just take the quiz, and they factor in your cup size and your breast shape. Everyone has different shapes, and they find the exact perfect fitting bra for you. Using that data and data from millions of other women who've taken the quiz. Over 14 million women have taken the quiz to date. And every third love bra is made with lightweight, super thin memory foam cups. They mold to your shape. Uh, The straps don't dig, um, which is a a real problem for me because I'm in that half cup size range. So that solves that. They don't have a tag in them. So there's no itchy tag. That's wonderful. All of it is designed for the utmost comfort. And then there's third love's perfect fit promise, which is the coolest thing about this company. You have 60 days to try it out. You can wash it, wear it, try it. And if you don't love it after 60 days, returns and exchanges are free and easy with exceptional customer service. And they donate all their gently used bras to people in need. And so far, they've donated over $15 million in bras supporting charities across the U.S. So Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. So go to thirdlove.com slash dailybeans now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash dailybeans for 15% off today. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Um, The New York Times dropped a ton of stories last night, late in the night after Maddow was over, including reporting about a study published last fall that warned a pandemic could devastate the American economy. Uh, And the author of the study is now saying that this economic shutdown could last two to eight months. Um, These are White House economists, by the way, and they warned in September of last year, last fall, Um, that the pandemic could kill, a pandemic, influenza-like pandemic, could kill a half a million Americans and shut down the economy. And that study was ignored by Trump and the administration. In February, Thomas Phillipson, the acting chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors, said, quote, I don't think coronavirus is as big a threat as people make it out to be. And not only did this study warn the White House that the pandemic could kill hundreds of thousands and cripple the economy, they also specifically urged Americans not to conflate a pandemic with seasonal flu, which Trump did in a couple of briefings and a bunch of tweets on multiple occasions. The lead author of this study has since left the White House and now says it would make sense for Trump to shut down most economic activity, like I said, for two to eight months to slow the spread of the pandemic. But Trump lackeys are still saying it's no big deal. In fact, just this Sunday, Steve 
um, that's our uh, Secretary of the Treasury, would not say in an interview whether or not we were facing a recession. Uh, he's, you know, saying this quarter's bad, but the next quarter could be fine. Me- and the reason he's talking about quarters is general definition of a recession is two quarters of decline. Uh, and Kudlow, Larry Kudlow, good old Larry Kudlow said on Sunday on ABC that it could be, you know, four weeks, maybe eight weeks before economic activity returns. So no, they're not listening to anyone. Um, and then another bombshell dropped by the Times last night, and this is about the Defense Production Act. And and this is a huge thing. All governors and, and lawmakers are calling him to invoke this. It's the thing he's refused to compel private industry to produce supplies, such as masks, gowns, face shields, swabs for testing, uh, ventilators. And and just last week, when he ordered 3M uh, to make masks, he, he did invoke um, the Defense Production Act. But that's it, just for 3M. And he hates the CEO of 3M. It's a woman, so um, probably just that. And um, his refusal to invoke the, the Defense Production Act has caused eBay-like bidding wars, as we heard from Governor Cuomo and I mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, and these bidding wars are happening between governors who compete with each other, and then they have to compete with FEMA for this equipment, driving up the price while private corporations pocket the money. Uh, Trump has been asked multiple times to invoke the DPA, but he's extremely hesitant to do so. Um, so the New York Times looked into Trump's reticence to invoke DPA. Has he always been uh, thinking that this was uh, like an anti-capitalist thing? No, they found that he's actually that this administration has used the Defense Production Act on hundreds of thousands of occasions um, prior to this pandemic. Trump used the DPA to produce chemicals needed to construct missiles, uh, materials needed to build drones, body armor for the Border Patrol, uh, equipment for natural disaster response. That's just to name a few. But when it comes to coronavirus, Trump says, you know, we're not we're a country not based on nationalizing our business. Call a person over in Venezuela. Ask them how did nationalization do of their businesses work out? Not too well. So he thinks it's anti-American, anti-capitalist. And it's like the nationalization uh, socialism of our private sector. Um, but he's done it hundreds of thousands of times. Just this past summer, def- the Department of Defense used the Defense Production Act to obtain rare earth materials uh, unobtainium, I guess. Uh, and they needed those to build lasers, lasers and, uh, jet engines and armored vehicles, all sorts of shit, arms, arms sales and the military industrial complex. Uh, in fact, the DOD estimates that it invokes the defense production act about 300,000 times per year. But for coronavirus, Trump is relying on volunteerism from corporations. So is Trump refusing to invoke DPA because he sees it as anti-American or is it more likely because he wants to deflect responsibility? Uh, for the most significant and deadly crisis on American soil. He also probably doesn't want to be painted as as a nationalist, you know, like a, a um, somebody who nationalizes or ta- has the government take over private businesses. Um, so it's it's a campaign strategy and it's costing lives. And although Democrats wanted the latest economic rescue bill to include funding for states to switch to mail-in ballots for this year's election... Um, the Republicans slashed that um, budget uh, for, you know, to help set up mail-in ballots. And they, the U.S. Postal Service is warning now, in addition to that, it might have to close its doors by June because of funding. There'll be no funding. Um, and there's no funding in the stimulus bill for them to stay afloat. They have a negative net, net worth of about $65 billion and an additional $140 billion in unfunded liabilities. So the Postal Service had expected to run out of liquidity by 2021, but that has accelerated rapidly due to the coronavirus outbreak, which could force them to shutter as early as June. They are a business. They they aren't funded by the government. They haven't been funded by the government since the 80s. They make their money off of selling postage and shipping. Uh, and like I said, since they haven't been um, funded since the 80s, many lawmakers on both sides uh, are pushing for a bailout. And they did push for a bailout for the agency to to shore them up in that $2.2 trillion stimulus package. Uh, in fact, the original House bill included language that would eliminate the Postal Service's $11 billion debt and provide an additional $25 billion to keep it afloat during the crisis. But the Republicans in the Senate rejected that funding. Wonder why. They don't like... Nah, I know why. The Postal Service currently employs about 630,000 workers, and it appears the Republicans want to sell the USPS off to, in parts to private industry. That's why, number one. Uh, and number two, mail-in, mail-in voting. So 
We have to think about how this would impact any vote by mail efforts being pushed by the DNC. Tom Perez wants everyone to get their shit together and do, you know, no excuse absentee voting, everything by mail. And there's simply no way uh, this could be done on the up and up with Trump himself admitting, like, if, if they're going to privatize this and sell the pieces off, defund the, the Postal Service, sell off the pieces to private industry, would you trust them to deliver your ballot? Uh, I would not. But we do have some states and some places where you have drive-through drop-off sites, which I'm pretty cool with that. Um, that should be uh, something that we that we get into. But the, I can't imagine the lines and not everyone has a car. It's just fucked. So anyway, Trump said himself this weekend that a full-on vote by mail would mean Republicans would never be elected again. And he knows that's because when you count votes and everyone's vote is counted, Republicans lose. So they're relying on us not showing up to the polls for whatever reason or being unable to show up to the polls. And so I hope the Democrats stand firm on including funding for the Postal Service if there's a round four stimulus bill, a phase four. Otherwise, we're handing the vote count to Trump in the fall. He gets to count the votes. Sounds a little Putin-esque to me. And uh, Trump is refusing to order open enrollment for the Affordable Care Act, despite the fact we're in a health crisis. Under normal circumstances, there's a window at the end of the year, uh, like 30 days or a month and a half, where people can enroll in Obamacare. Sometimes it's been extended because, uh, you know, site crashes or whatever. So it's it's very easy to order to open enrollment. Um, Or... If you're not in the enrollment period and you have a major life event, you're able to enroll, like if you have a kid or you get married. So it stands to reason you should open enrollment if there's a national fucking health crisis. But according to Politico today, Trump has rejected a special enrollment period despite the pandemic. This isn't just about giving already uninsured folks the chance to sign up. But think about the nearly 47 million Americans estimated to lose their jobs in the next month or so who rely on employer-based insurance that have been and will be kicked off their plans during the pandemic. Yes, they can extend employer-based insurance under COBRA, but that is expensive AF. And a lot of people aren't making money right now. And Trump was thinking about a special, he was thinking about a special enrollment period, opening a special enrollment period, but changed his mind. And I think I know why. The Trump administration is currently supporting a lawsuit by Republican states that is now being heard in the Supreme Court that could destroy the entire Affordable Care Act and kick 20 million people off the rolls. Any concessions to the Affordable Care Act, such as opening a special enrollment period, might look like support for the Affordable Care Act and could work against his efforts to kill Obamacare in court. Yet he will argue between now and November that he's trying to save it and he's trying to protect protect people with pre-existing conditions. Watch what they do. Right. As Maddow says, watch what they do, not what they say. And speaking of the 2020 election, 14 states have postponed their primaries, including Alaska, Connecticut, Delaware, Georgia, Hawaii, Louisiana, Maryland, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Wyoming and Puerto Rico. Six of them have postponed to June 2nd, makes it uh, a huge second Super Tuesday. And that is the final Tuesday before the June 9th deadline set by the DNC uh, for states to have their primaries. I'm sure that will change uh, under the current circumstances, but everyone's postponed to the last Tuesday, which was June 2nd. Um, and so that's just, if if that's the case and we can vote on that day and they can get their mail-in shit together, uh, it's going to be a huge Super Tuesday. New York delayed past the DNC deadline. They said, fuck you, we're, we're delaying till June 23rd. I don't care what you say. Uh, Wisconsin is sticking with April 7th, but they're trying to do all absentee ballots by mail. And all of this is occurring as Bernie Sanders continues to stay in the race, though he has no path to victory. Uh, Though he did tell Whoopi Goldberg on The View today, he's assessing his campaign while working in the Senate on phase four stimulus package. And so you can, he, you know, he's, he's really trying to get a phase four put together because as we've been saying, this, this $2.2 trillion package is not enough. It's half of what we need. It's half. And uh, American people are going to need more than one $1,200 stimulus check. And that's only if you are a single person making less than 75000 a year. So uh, you can find the full list of new primary contest dates online. I get my calendar from the New York Times, uh, but they, I think they have a paywall. But maybe not um, on some things during this, um, during this outbreak. Um, and an update on the Roosevelt. That's the naval carrier currently in Guam. Uh, We talked about it yesterday. The captain called the Pentagon, left a message, stark message in the night, in the middle of the night, and said, I have people testing positive. Uh, This is close quarters. There's 3,000 people. Uh, I need to get everybody off the boat to stop the spread of COVID on board. And today, he's evacuating and isolating those sailors. So I'm glad he spoke up. I hope he didn't get too much pushback from Esper. 
Uh, his concern and fast action will save lives. So thank you, Captain. And coming up next, a second pastor in two days has been arrested for refusing to comply with social distancing mandates. And I'll talk to Andrew Torres, real-life lawyer, uh, co-host of Opening Arguments, about the legal teeth to these laws right after this break. So stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this helping of the Daily Beans is brought to you by TheZebra.com. It is very important for all of us to conserve resources right now and money, but Americans are overpaying on car insurance by over $21 billion. Uh, A lot of us are not really driving anymore, so you could call your current insurance company and lower your mileage, or you could head to thezebra.com and see what you, you could shop over a hundred different companies to see what your best rate could be. Searching for a better deal can take hours normally, and you, you know, usually the results are you get nothing but a bunch of spam emails and spam calls. But now, not with thezebra.com. It's the nation's leading car insurance comparison site. It's the only place you can compare quotes side-by-side from over 100 providers. And they will never sell your information to spammers, so you don't get all those unwanted calls or emails. Uh, You just answer a few questions on a simple, fast forum, and they will find the best rate and the coverage in your area. And TechCrunch calls the Zebra Kayak for Auto Insurance. So think of it that way. And the best part is it's absolutely free to use. And you can save up up to $670 a year using thezebra.com. And I know we could all use that extra cash right now in our pockets. So head to thezebra.com, see how much you can save on car and home insurance. And go today and start saving at thezebra.com slash dailybeans. That's thezebra.com slash dailybeans, spelled T-H-E-Z-E-B-R-A dot com slash dailybeans. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody, welcome back. Joining us today for the interview is Real Life Lawyer, super stud, by the way. I've, I've, I've hung out and drank with this guy. He's amazing. Uh, and host of the Opening Arguments podcast, co-host, which I've appeared on, which was super fun. I got, to, I got asked a question that's on, you know, a bar-style question, and I think I did really well. Uh, the bar exam, not Bill Barr. Uh, although, although I can answer any question you want about Bill Barr. But everyone welcome Andrew Torres back to The Daily Beans. Andrew, how are you? <laughs> well, I'm I'm now uh, materially better than I was 30 seconds ago. I don't think I've ever gotten an intro that good. Um, I I will point out that the Bill Bar exam runs exactly the same uh, as the Bar exam, except that there are no right answers. So, uh, but no, uh, you were you were fantastic. I yeah, no, every answer is. Uh appoint someone in another U.S. attorney's office to handle it and then investigate everything that you've investigated. The end. Uh, yeah, something like that. So how are you doing, AJ? I'm hanging in there. You know, we're uh, we're doing our best remotely to, to record this because I know you guys generally record remotely, but that was that's a new thing for us. We're usually in the room together, which is kind of how comedians work. But uh, not having not having everybody here has been it's been pretty lonely. But we're getting by. And of course, we have to do it sparingly because our editors and engineers at our network are doing remote editing and engineering for every podcast on the network now. And so their their workload is increased. So we yeah, I can only really talk to one co host a day for a segment. So it's it's been it's been interesting, but our, our listeners are growing and 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 being awesome and supporting us. And this Friday, you have to do this. I think you're a patron. And if you're not, you should be one. Um, I, I am, as as you should know. This Friday, uh, and every Friday, we're going to have a, a quarantine cocktail hour. And this week's theme is pajama jammy jams. So you, you just wear your jammies. And you can wear your business casual jammies or your dress jammies or your night jammies, whatever jammies you want. And we, we you know, we sit around, we have a, we have cocktails and answer fun questions, not political questions. So you should be there. Uh, outstanding. What time? It's at 4 p.m. Pacific on Friday. Great. Well, what I'd, being on the East Coast, that means I get my uh, day drinking in at, at 1 in the afternoon, which is, um, you know, that's 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 pretty typical lawyer territory. Uh, that's backwards, sir. It's 7 p.m. for you. Oh, is it? Gosh, I never. Yeah. All right. Fine. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> I'm going to start drinking at 1 anyway, so <laughs> I'll be I'll be in good shape by, by 4 o'clock. Yeah, you, you're right. I just... Uh, uh, well, I'm on. I'm on for the legal questions, not the addition. So, well, good, and it's it's airport rules anyway, so you can drink whenever you want. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, no worries. So, speaking of investigations and bars and and shit like that, Baton Rouge Pastor Tony Spell of the Life Tabernacle Church has been arrested on six misdemeanor counts of being an asshole. Uh, and this is the second pastor in two days. The first one was what Rodney Howard Brown in Florida, and because they're 
inviting everyone, telling everyone to come to their mega churches. And Tony Spell, this most recent one, was actually told CNN that he thinks that the virus is politically motivated. Like, and I, I'm wondering, like, if he means like the virus itself, like, like he's got a little MAGA hat on or something. <laughs> um, well, you know, we could we could talk about average brain cells possessed by those wearing MAGA hats, but mm. uh, that you know, the virus might qualify. It 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 is. Uh, I'm sorry. Go finish finish the story, and and I'll, my outrage will will stay at a high simmer until you're done. <laughs> well, I will say, if you look at pictures of the coronavirus under a microscope, it looks like it's wearing a hundred little MAGA hats. But um, if so, quest, legal questions on this because these are these stay at home orders, like we've heard Cuomo say, and 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 some folks say these are mandates. These are law. Um, uh, these are orders that these aren't requests or recommendations, but what sort of, I mean, are these strong legal cases that you think that the attorneys general or, or district attorneys can actually prosecute by, you know, obtaining and maintaining a conviction? So a couple of answers, right? Like there, there, there are a few questions sort of packed into that and let's unpack them a little bit. The first is that when you were talking about state stay-at-home orders as opposed to, you know, the kind of patchwork of stuff that the federal government is doing, um, states have pre-existing sovereignty, right, that, that, that went into and predates the Constitution. And so um, whereas the federal government is a government of delegated and limited authority, um, state uh, governors have uh, what they call plenary police powers to do pretty much all the stuff that uh, governors are doing in terms of locking folks down. So that's why you can see these sort of more comprehensive uh, restrictions coming in places like New York and Maryland and Ohio, California, that sort of thing. Um, so the uh, the state's power to do that is presumptively valid. Now, um, you do still maintain some of your constitutional rights in a in a state of emergency um the 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 case law on that is really really clear and goes back to the civil war right so um you know famously uh, abraham lincoln suspended the writ of habeas corpus uh and a lot of folks were tried as uh southern sympathizers and dissidents and the supreme court uh, said, you know, even while the country was being torn in half, that if it was possible to try you in a civilian court, you know, putting putting you trumping up the charges and putting you in a in a military court um, uh, didn't fly. Barr tried to suspend habeas corpus. I mean, it, he wrote a letter to Congress saying, you know, but but that's a federal that's on the federal level. Well, right. And that goes back to the the, the distinction that I was making. So, yeah, that that I think that. Rolling Stone article. I, Betsy Woodruff did the initial reporting, and and she's a, a very very good uh, reporter. Um, a lot of sites kind of went with the story, and the Rolling Stone sort of went with you know Bill Barr tries to declare martial law or whatever, and 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 that was um, a little bit overblown. That the the Barr proposals, and again. They were voted down, and they should be because no one should trust Bill Barr. As you know, that I, I could rename my podcast. No one should trust Bill Barr. Like that's that. Uh, but um, they really were for things that, in a vacuum, you you might think are um, are defensible, right? So it was things like um, tolling statutes of limitation for people who can't be arrested during this time period. Um, things like uh, expanding the use of. Uh, video testimony and having video arraignments instead of in-person arraignments. Well, and that was it. It was the video arraignment part, and 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 which is fine, but they were going to do it without the defendant's approval. I and and again, I'm not a I'm not I I would have. I would have done the same thing that Nancy Pelosi did, right? I would have said, "Go pound sand." Uh, we're not, we're not turning this over. To, but, but I did, I, you know. I mean, I think my liberal cred is pretty uh, unassailable at this point. Um, it, it, I felt like it was characterized in a way that was. Um, Look, there's an awful lot to be alarmed about right now, and so I yeah. try and maintain like a hierarchy of how alarmed you should be. And to me, that. That was lower on the scale. Well, yeah, I mean, Andrew, obviously, it's it's the media is going to blow this shit out of proportion, but but still, um, I can imagine scenarios in which 
that would be abused by the likes of Bill Barr. So you need to have protections in there for the rights of the accused. But aside from that, though, you're back to this states have the mandate and the right to do this. So these are fully prosecutable cases. Uh, there's not really any good argument here. I there so there isn't and and here's the bad argument that like your aunt Kathy is going to give on Facebook and to, to understand this you you have to know the way in which um I give hashtag not all mega church pastors I guess but like the way in which these churches operate right and they have had decades of practice on this on a day that they call like you know tax freedom day or whatever like i it, it in which and and i am not making this up um in open derogation of the laws of the united states of america uh church pastors videotape themselves endorsing right-wing monsters from the pulpit uh, and then send those videotapes. That's how far the, the back this goes to actual like physical VHS tapes. Uh, and then send videotapes into the IRS, uh, daring them to revoke their tax exempt status under the Johnson rule. Um, so uh, that's the modus operandi of a lot of these um, politically active conservative megachurches is to openly defy laws and then uh, if you dare and and actually enforce the laws to whine and and complain that they're being persecuted for um, their religious beliefs, uh, which just could not be further from the truth, right? Like it it is it is very very clear. We've talked about this on on my show, and you and I have talked about this. Um, that that the First Amendment in in cases like this um, is uh, is controlled from a, from a speech perspective uh, by a a doctrine called the the time place and manner doctrine, right? And it and it and it's exactly what it sounds like. And the way I typically explain it is, um, you have a right to you know. Uh, have one of those uh, vans drive around with a loudspeaker on it that says, you know, vote for AG for vice president 2020. Um, you don't have the right to do that at three in the morning in a busy neighborhood, right? Like that, that's literally what it means. And the, and the seminal case is a case called Ward versus rock against racism uh, dating back to, yeah, no, it's, it was, uh, you, you know, instantly when one of the parties is rock against racism, that this was a, uh, uh, an outdoor concert in, New York City in the 1980s um, and they had it at this big amphitheater in Central Park and like year after year they would they were just exceeding the the noise regulations and eventually like the state stopped giving them the permit to show up in Central Park and it went all the way to the Supreme Court to say look like our are we pro-racism because we're not giving you the, no, we're not. We're just saying get get the damn permit and keep the volume down, and it's perfectly reasonable for us to say that there are going to be decibel limits on you know what's permitted at an amphitheater in, in, in Central Park. So um, that, that is 100% the answer to a, you know, we have the right to freedom of race. Sure you do, right? Just you don't have the right to violate congregation orders that are validly promulgated by the governor during a goddamn epidemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, oh, and by the way, um, I, I think both pastors are now represented by Liberty council, which is a, uh, an association of, you know, politically minded lawyers who are too stupid to get uh, real jobs. Did they all go to Liberty university? Uh, as, uh, many of them do, mm. uh, which, you know, <laughs> we got to make fun of the last time I was on the show. Um, and, and I mean, keeping in mind that, you know, I, I consider this to be a real job for a lawyer. Like, so, you know, that, that bar is low. Um, they, the argument that they have made is, well, um, you know, they, they're, they're not violating the, uh, you know, social distancing. We're keeping, you know, a six foot distance between our parishioners or whatever. No, they weren't. They were not. I saw pictures. It, it, and 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 it it wouldn't matter if you did, right? Like the the order contains multiple components. One of them says you may not have a so, for example, in Maryland, you may not gather together more than ten people. It it doesn't matter if it's ten people who are all you know organized like at the molecular level, such that we're six feet apart from each other. Like it it it. You can't have more than 10 people. If you have 10 people or fewer, they must be six feet apart. So it, it's just like 
bonkers to try. I mean, you know, it would it would be like getting pulled over for driving 135 on the highway and saying like, well, you know, I I did signal when I changed lanes. Like, well, that's great and all, but like, you know, speed limits not 135. And you know, same thing with these uh, with these gatherings. I'm surprised they're not using a religious liberty argument. Honestly, like a whole you can't uh, infringe on my right to religious expression. I, that would be the way I, you know if I were a smart Liberty University student. <laughs> Uh, you know, oh, and by the way, wouldn't it be great if they made a legally blonde, but at Liberty University, I think that would be fantastic. That, all right. So, uh, taking those questions in reverse order, uh, number one, we need to get work on that script right away. Uh, nobody, nobody steal that idea. That is a, uh, joint intellectual property of AG and Andrew Torres, uh, 2020. We just, you just heard it right here. Um, and, uh, and, and, and coming soon to an independent theater near you, um, in in terms of the the religious expression, right? I mean, that's why I went through the the, the time, place, and matter bit, right? Because you can say um, we're not targeting the nature of your expression in any way whatsoever, right? And they clearly aren't, right? Like, if if anything, right, religious expression has gotten a pass from you know a handful of states uh, that that have written exceptions in that, you know, allow people to continue to uh, go to church. And and let's also be be realistic when you have these mega churches that are that that are 90 percent of the surrounding community. Right. Like the cops in that area all tend to be member. Right. Like it's it's so there is a there is a self-selecting lack of enforcement already just yeah. you know in terms of of basic law so that the idea that 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 they are being singled out is just um i, I mean it's it's preposterous uh it, it will not fly as legal defense and and again these are misdemeanor right like the the point of these criminal offenses are to allow the state to break up dangerous gatherings right like there is n- none of these as much as they deserve it none of these pastors are going to face jail time as a as a result of this um they they aren't even going to wind up i mean it, if they get some kind of fine which they won't because they're being defended by liberty count and eventually like these cases are just going to get dropped because of the political pressure um but even if they did even if they went forward right that that they've already caused more Le- leave aside creating thousands of vectors for coronavirus mm-hmm. If you just include the cost of having to send out the police to break these gatherings up, they have already they, they will not be fined enough to make up for those social costs. So it, it it's it's it will be it will be part of, you know, it's gonna show up on your Aunt Kathy's Facebook wall about how, you know, X state is, uh, you know, persecuting religion. And this is why, you know, Christians are the true uh, underappreciated minority in this country. But uh, it's it's about as much nonsense as you could possibly imagine. Yeah, because, I mean, in that case, I could go around and kick people in the dick and say I was doing it in the name of God. And therefore, I can't be prosecuted for assault. I you, you, yeah, for now. <laughs> um, no, seriously, because the reason for that, I, I, I'm sorry, I did 30 second sidebar. The reason for that is um, a, a 1990 Supreme Court decision called Employment Division versus Smith, written by Antonin Scalia, in which he says, obviously, we can't have a society in which churches don't have to play by the rules. Now, Antonin Scalia meant that about you know, peyote smoking brown people in Arizona um, and didn't think that it was going to apply to, you know, good white God-fearing Christians. Um, But I will tell you, as with everything now that seemed conservative 20, 30 years ago, uh, the Supreme Court has pending before it uh, a case where they will hear oral arguments in the fall, assuming that they hear oral arguments again, uh, that uh, in which the petitioner is asking the court explicitly to overrule employment division versus Smith. Um, and I think the court will have the votes for that. So um, yeah, you, you may soon have AGs kick people in the dick religion and there will be nothing uh, constitutionally that, um, uh, that, that we can do about it, which means um, I, I guess I'm glad I live several thousand miles away from you now. You're not a Republican. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, it's just for Republicans. But now I'm really into this. Uh, uh, I have to say uh, before I let you go, I'm really into scripting out uh, legally blonde for Liberty University. <laughs> Um, instead of the bend and snap, we could have, you know, the prey and genuflect or, you know, something. I think it's going to be wonderful. Um, there'll be small dogs involved, obviously. Uh, we'll call it Liberty Blonde. <laughs> I think it'd be fantastic. Uh, the, the only problem is that, uh, the, the funniest line in Legally Blonde is, is now sadly, uh, just straight commentary for Liberty Blonde, which would be, uh, you got into Liberty University? What? Like it's hard? <laughs> That's true. Oh, like it's easy? We just, we just change it around. Oh, nice. Yeah. See that? This is why we gotta, we gotta get, uh, gotta get to work in the, uh, in the bunker. Yep. I'll just get the script and we'll do a parody and it'll be fantastic. All right. Well, thank you, Andrew Torres. Everybody listening to the opening, uh, opening Arguments podcast, if you're in the D.C. area, don't go and meet him. You're not allowed to go outside. Um, but I'll post a picture. I've got a photo of us hanging out at some pub in downtown D.C. near the White House, uh, somewhere near DuPont Circle. I'll, I'll put that out on Twitter. Look for that on uh, at Mueller, she wrote, at Daily Beans Pod. And uh, where can they find you on Twitter, sir? Uh, at Open Args, O-P-E-N-A-R-G-S, or search for Opening Arguments in your podcast vehicle of choice. Thank you. Uh, that was, you can tell you're a professional because that was a super smooth plug. I love that. So. Oh, thanks. I'm not even scripted today. So I'm, I'm going in cold. So I appreciate that. Always, always a danger when it's you and I in the room, but uh, I think I think we did okay. Oh, honey, I stopped writing scripts for you and you and I on interviews a while ago. <laughs> I know better. <laughs> Uh, well, I think we got we got this one in in what a hundred and fifty percent of the estimated time. So I feel uh, <laughs> I feel good about it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, everybody. Opening arguments podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Andrew Torres, thanks for coming on the Daily Beans. Ag, thank you so much for having me again. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by ShipStation. When you're selling online, getting your orders can be such a pain, uh, getting them out to your customers. And, you know, I mean, how do you keep track of who gets what? What shipping carrier should you use? Are you getting the best postal rates? You should really try ShipStation.com, especially with Amazon fulfillment being so slow right now. It is the fastest and easiest and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders, no matter what you're selling. Uh, so whether you're on Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including the Postal Service, FedEx, UPS, and Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customers and take control of it. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs, so you can access the same postage rates that are usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies. They get these big discounts. You have access to those discounts. We started using ShipStation again because I know going to the post office isn't an option for us anymore, and it's just so much easier. So it's just a couple of clicks, and everything's imported, and bam, you're printing labels, and you're good to go. You'll always know you're getting the best postal rates, too. And no wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. And right now, the Daily Beans listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use offer code DAILYBEANS. There's no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering any credit card information. Uh, so just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Daily Beans. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It is time for our good news segment. We had a lot of bad news today. And it's it's not going to get prettier. Uh, it's going to get ugly. And so we really need you to send us uh, your feel good good news stories. And uh, we'll keep these we'll keep cranking these out. Uh, we got one from Megan Robinson. No, excuse me, Robinson, saying the mayor of Atlanta, uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms, went ahead and put in a shelter in place order for the city of Atlanta while Governor Kemp is basically still sitting there waiting on Trump to turn the economy on. The mayor is going to save lives. People were still all over the place in Midtown Atlanta. Good on Mayor Bottoms. Thank you. Thank you to these mayors and governors. Governor Bashir is doing an incredible job. Uh, Governor Whitman, Governor Newsom, Governor Cuomo, uh, and these mayors of these big cities, and some even in Florida and Mississippi, where they're, the, the governor's like overriding the mayors. It's just, it's bananas that, that this has become partisan. Um, from Kelly Peterson. Uh, Dr. Azike from the Illinois Department of Public Health briefs Illinoisans uh, daily on the pandemic. When she's finished, she summarizes her comments in Spanish for the many Spanish-speaking viewers. That's so great. 
Um, where is that? Illinois Department of Public Health. Excellent job. From Kat Ferry, uh, my senator, Kirsten Cinema, has been riding Governor Ducey like he's a prize bull about about issuing some directives for Arizonans to stay home. He's still being mostly use, useless, but she's kicking ass. Yes, I grew up in Arizona. Uh, my mom lives there. She's a former Republican. She put together uh, Republican Women for Cinema. It's got a great ring to it, Republican Women for Cinema. And she, now is she's Republican win, Women for Mark Kelly. And Governor Ducey is a moron. So thank you to uh, Kirsten Cinema for, for her work, and thanks, Kat, for that story. From Anonymous, although our local officials are doing their best in Texas without much direction or help from our governor, Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins is killing it and leading the way in trying to keep his constituents safe and well. That is awesome. From Marcy Coomer, please, please, please keep mentioning the leadership of Democratic Governor Andy Bashir. Oh my gosh, I just did, from Kentucky. In the Good News segment, he speaks at 5 p.m. daily, and Kentuckians are absolutely loving him. He has a future serving our nation beyond Kentucky. Yes, he does. He is, I think, a rising star. In, in the Democratic Party, and I think um, the election of Bashir does not bode well for, uh, for Mitch McConnell uh, and Amy McGrath is in, in a dead heat, I think maybe even a point ahead. Mitch McConnell's approval rating is 17%. Of course, the other guy, Rand Paul, uh, is also a pile of shit, and um, I don't think he's up for election this year, but, but Turtle Dick Mitch sure is, so keep Keep, keep it going, Democrats, Kentuckians. Love you. From Anonymous, Washington State has an infectious disease expert that looks just like Bruce Willis. All right. Okay. Just like my cat. Cool. Or this actor, but they both look identical, my cat and the actor. And from Dan, Brooks Brothers has announced they'll be reopening three factories in the U.S. and will be able to produce in excess of 150,000 N95 masks daily. Love to the ladies. Keep up their stellar work. That's so great. We used to make fun of Brooks Brothers all the time back in, I I remember the 2000 Florida Brooks Brothers riot. (laughs) That was when, you know, all the Floridians led by Roger Stone went down and staged a fake riot uh, when they were doing the recount in the Bush v. Gore situation. And uh, that was called the Brooks Brothers riot because they were all wearing Brooks Brothers suits. So I'm glad they're I'm glad they're uh, redeeming their their name. I don't even know. They shouldn't have probably been attached to that fake riot anyway. But um, that's what they called it. I remember that distinctly. If you were around in 2000, I'm sure you remember it too. And again, that was Roger fucking Stone. That's just nuts. That's bananas. Um, That is our good news segment for today. Um, Again, everybody just keep in mind that Judge Reggie Walton has the full unredacted Mueller report. I think about that every day. Um, What other good news do I have going on here? Um... I I did my laundry. Um, I took a shower uh, yesterday. I might take one today. Um, these small acts, I just want to tell everybody, you know, before I let you go, that even the smallest thing, whether you're whether whether it's washing your face or picking up the empty teacup or coffee mug. Uh, uh, at the side of your bed and taking it to the sink. Do that now. Grab your empty mug. Take it to the sink. Unless you're still drinking coffee, of course. I wouldn't uh, ask you to throw your coffee out. But it's really the, just the smallest little things that I think help uh, ground us uh, during this time. So m- make it meditative, you know, just these simple things that we we may have taken for granted before. Um make a big deal out of it because you should be very proud of yourself and happy that that you're able to get those things done and if you can't yet that's cool too have your feelings you gotta um and they're valid it's a scary time it's going to be a rough few weeks but we have each other and uh i love all you and uh we have our friends we have our we have our ways to connect thanks to technology and so we need to just do that. We need to reach out every which way but physically to to our loved ones and friends and chosen family and uh, just be kind to everyone you see, especially the grocery store workers. I want to thank the, the truckers and warehouse delivery people for keeping the stores stocked um, with the things that we need to get. 
Um, thanks to thanks to the stores for you know limiting one package of toilet paper per customer and and help helping keep an eye on us and checking uh, checking us out uh, at the checkout line and not checking us out but you know checking out our items. These small things um, I think are what's going to get us through. Uh, we're pretty resilient. Um, I know it seems kind of bleak, but. Uh, like I said, we, we're here, uh, we're here for each other. And that's, I hope that that spirit carries on when all this is over and we're on the other side of it. Uh, it'll be, it'll be a lot of reflecting to do. So thank you for everything that you're doing and for listening. And, uh, yeah, take that coffee mug to the sink, wash it out, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been AG and them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>